0: We're on a mission from God. Wendy?
1: Philly! That's
0: so why I got that going. Darling? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue.
1: Light of my life. We enjoy your films. I
0: am a human being! I thought they smelled bad. On the
1: outside.
2: Welcome to Vintage Video where we're rewatching the 80s so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time, overanalyzing what you've seen and spoiling what you haven't. I'm Patrick O'Reilly.
1: I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells.
2: And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Honeysuckle Rose on July 18th, 1980. It was written by John Binder, Carol Sobieski, and William D. Whitliffe, based on the 1936 film Intermezzo, written by Gustav Molander and Gosta Ekman. Executive produced by Sidney Pollack, directed by jerry schatzberg and released by warner brothers thank you for not laughing for schatzberg i could hear it in your throat <laughs> in 1936 ingrid bergman starred in intermezzo a swedish drama about a concert violinist falling in love with his daughter's piano teacher her performance caught the attention of david O'Selznick, who cast her in a remake also called intermezzo three years later which would be ingrid bergman's hollywood debut honey socal rose was the second of three collaborations between Willie Nelson and Sidney Pollock, after The Electric Horseman in 79 and culminating with The Songwriter in 1984. Or maybe just Songwriter. I forget the title now. During the making of the film, they must have had pretty good chemistry on set because Willie Nelson and Amy Irving, who were 47 and 27 respectively, began an actual relationship despite Nelson's marriage and Irving's relationship with Steven Spielberg
1: so this is like a true to life moment then in the movie yeah
2: exactly and true to life his his wife forgave willie nelson but it did cause a rift in the relationship between uh, amy irving and steven spielberg which cost her the role of Marion ravenwood in raiders of the lost ark she was Ah. literally offered the role and then he retracted it when he found out that she was dating willie nelson after they made this movie well but then they got married later (laughs) (laughs) were they married when he made temple of doom i don't know I think they got married in 85. Wasn't Temple of Doom 86? 84. So they separated.
1: Married 85, divorced 89.
2: So they separated. She lost the role of Marion. And then he married someone else.
1: He married uh, Kate Capshaw from Temple.
2: But how long were they married for? Kate Capshaw? Yeah. I thought they
1: were still married. They're still married.
2: So he married Amy Irving after he worked with Kate Capshaw on Temple of Doom? and yes. then and then he <laughs> married the actress that he worked with before he married amy yes, I for some right. reason i thought they were married when they made temple of doom but i guess not speaking of willie though right isn't that her name in the movie yeah yeah it is
0: maybe he named her after <laughs> oh willie
2: <laughs>
1: this is all it's all coming together <laughs>
2: her performance in this film amy irving took home the razzie for worst supporting actress i don't think that's fair no that's, that's not warranted. fair at all willie was awarded an oscar nomination for best original song on the road again which was written for this film uh, he didn't win but he got the nomination
0: i was pretty surprised that that was for this film
2: yeah i thought it was older than this yeah but um This is our second consecutive movie led by a notorious marijuana user. (laughs) Fun fact, Willie Nelson's current wife is three years younger than Amy Irving.
1: Oh, Fame won for best original song.
0: Right. We knew that.
2: Which song? Fame, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was Fame.
2: We open the film with Buck Bonham hitting golf balls in a field outside his tour bus early in the morning. Buck's manager runs out to corral him back to the bus. And the balls keep bouncing back to his legs while he's playing. And he's like, that's incredible. How are you doing that? But another member of their crew, Rooster, is hitting the balls back to him as he finds them.
0: Which is confusing because he just keeps yelling rooster
2: yeah. out yeah. there. And
0: I was like, it's a field of cows. I bet there could be a rooster yeah, out there. Yeah, there could be. how they trade that rooster to send those balls back? <laughs> I
1: thought the cow's name was Rooster. And the cow was the one kicking it back. There you go. I
2: I expected for the Duke to be out there, Rooster Cogburn. I thought this was going to (laughs) be the third movie. But uh, I did like when they are leaving the field to get in the bus. He's like,
1: come on. We'll come back and kill the
0: rest of these cows later.
2: But then On the Road kicks up as the the bus drives away down the road.
0: Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. I can't
2: wait to get on the road again On the road again Slim Pickens as Garland is on stage doing a basically a farewell performance. They didn't realize it at the time, but uh, he's doing a song on stage with Willie Nelson playing this Buck Bonham character. We're intercutting the performance with Garland letting Buck know that he's retiring. He says... Started out, didn't have nothing but a guitar and a hard on. And then Willie Nelson says... <laughs> well, you still got your guitar. Oh, yeah instead of taking the conversation seriously he bets garland that he can weave 10 times in a row between those reflector bumps on the freeway i forget what he calls them ratchets i think but i don't i've never heard them called that before maybe they're called that but uh reluctantly garland takes him up on the bet and loses but in the process willie dumps everybody out of their bunk beds in this stretch tour bus
1: he says i'll take the bet but i'm out of the band
2: (laughs) yeah they drive some more and drop everybody off at their respective homes by himself, Buck drives the tour bus back to his house, and he pulls up to a mailbox that says Honeysuckle Rose Bonham. Is okay, that the only time that the title that's is? That's the only in time I have yeah.
1: ever see anything mentioned Honeysuckle Rose. Somewhere
2: when I was reading like for the notes, somebody said that the name of the tour bus was Honeysuckle Rose, but I don't remember anybody saying that and it doesn't say Honeysuckle Rose on the tour no, bus. No, I think show it's bus. his
0: his home, which would make sense that this movie is about his home and his family
2: i think this movie should be called on the road again because that's the (laughs) song that leads the movie and is in it over and over again and it's about him being on the road constantly yeah but it's not called that uh he gets his mail on the way in and his son jamie flags him down on the road between the mailbox and the house because it's a long road and buck invites him into the bus to see his belated birthday gift which is a horse
1: how long has his horse been in there?
2: I don't yeah.
0: know. How did he get the horse on the bus?
1: I guess they're the emergency exit in the He's, back.
2: He said it was difficult. Because there's a horse loose in the hospital. Viv is ecstatic to see him, and they let the kid ride for a while bareback and head into the house for some sexage. Bareback. 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 Barefront. Uh, when she unbuttons his shirt, he has Take Me, I'm Yours written on his chest and she laughs hysterically at this. That night they are making ice cream the old-fashioned way and Buck takes over cranking so that Jamie can play a bit of guitar for him and Buck tries to sing along to it, but when they open up the ice cream, they're they're all dipping fingers in for a taste and then eventually Buck just smears a handful across Viv's face and it devolves into a, an ice cream exclusive food fight that climaxes with her dumping the full serving over their heads on the floor this whole
0: business is gross and
2: disappointing it's like you guys worked really hard to make ice cream well
0: the kid worked mostly he was the one that was cranking so long he was getting tired and then you just dump the fruits of his labor all over over each other and the floor they
2: don't care about this making
1: ice cream (laughs) is a pain in the ass yeah Like we tried it it.
2: we tried it one time in our garage with my with my dad and then we're like yeah we're not going to do this again we can go to the store and get a bucket that's like gallon for five dollars so we're going to do that
0: it's not very good homemade ice cream maybe maybe you can make it good but the one time we made it it was all like icy crystals and stuff like that Mm. like it wasn't nice that means you didn't
2: crank it right
0: we're gonna get a lot of angry hate mail from the no. I'm, I'm, homemade I'm ice cream enthusiasts. willing to stake our there. reputation on this. Homemade <laughs> ice cream sucks.
2: You know
1: what? If prove us wrong, send us your homemade ice
2: cream. Yeah. <laughs> if it's got, if I find one crystal in there, you're you're not allowed to listen anymore. You gotta stop downloading.
1: Stop all the downloading. <laughs> That's not a dated reference.
2: No, not at all. <laughs> I
0: don't even know that reference. <clears throat> we
2: recorded this in uh, 2006, by the way. <laughs>
0: what is the reference to
2: it's from one of those gi joe psas oh stop all the downloading G.I. i'm a computer
1: <laughs> at this point um <laughs> my friend texted me this is what, what are you doing it's like i'm watching the movie for the podcast it's like i was like so far it's a movie without a conflict <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> we get a really long way into this movie without <laughs> anything really happening
1: yeah uh and i was like when the kid said he's gonna go out and chase fireflies by himself i was like oh here it is He's going outside by himself at night and they're too busy flirting with each other and something bad's going to happen to the kid. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Next day.
2: (laughs) So I did my production notes before I watched the movie and in all the other versions of this, the kid dies in an accident. Oh. Before the end of the film.
0: What do you mean all the other versions of it?
2: Intermezzo, the two movies that were made before Uh. this that this is an adaptation of. In both of those other stories, the kid dies before the end of the film.
0: So it's like... What like why do they keep remaking this movie
2: i don't know it's like hey guys i found out this really cool american movie called the matrix i was thinking we could make it but nobody goes into phones because that's weird <laughs> it's like wait what that's the that's the whole point of the movie isn't it that something terrible we're, happened? Gonna,
1: we're gonna remake the matrix but we're gonna make it country western
2: well it's kind of <laughs> like uh what's that uh the movie the vanishing it's like it's exactly like the remake of the vanishing (laughs) where it's just like oh you took out the part that was interesting cool
0: that's great is that the movie about trees
2: no that's That's happening
1: happening. (laughs) the the, the vanishing the vanishing is about this guy who's obsessed with finding out how his girlfriend disappeared uh
2: they they pull up to like a gas station on a road trip and she disappears and so he's like tracking her down and trying to find her and uh there's two different versions of how it ends and the remake is the shitty version, surprisingly. Surprise. But it's the same director. That's, yeah. what,
1: that's what's weird. Is like, like I don't know if he, if it just doesn't translate, or if he, they made him pander to a more of American audience, or what?
0: Well, because yeah. directors never change their mind and go back to movies that people love and that's change true. them at all. Well,
2: I don't think people would care if George Lucas <laughs> just made the movies over again and had them d- be different the second time.
0: But changing the original—that's taboo. Yeah.
1: yeah looking at you friggin hidekiano <laughs>
2: i don't know that reference
1: this is a new evangelion movies oh. are all like they started off appointments they, they started off like a retelling of the story with better you know effects and better animation i was like yeah. this is amazing and then they went really off the rails and the story <laughs> is completely wrong
2: anyway nice yeah but willie nelson's like His ponytails already like creep me out a little bit, and then when you dump ice cream on him, I was already like, I don't want to see this. But then uh, they just abandon the kid to go have more sex while he like cleans up.
1: And and he does a, that's my daddy. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, and
2: he like like, even puts a fist on his hip, like (laughs) that's my daddy. (laughs) Anyway, I guess I'm gonna starve.
0: Do you think that all they were eating that night was ice cream?
2: (laughs) Yes, that's all I saw. Later, the kid runs past them on the porch to go collect fireflies without a jar or anything. I guess he's eating those. (laughs) Uh, Viv asks Buck if he sleeps with other women on the road. And when he says no, she clarifies, not many or none at all. And he could easily have just said here, I said no. That means no, I don't do that. But, uh, But instead, he doesn't answer her until hours later she mentions that he needed time
0: to come up with the best way to break it to her yeah he's
2: like what's a good what's a good answer to this question the answer is no that's a good question
1: (laughs) what's what's a way to say this that makes it sound like her fault yeah
2: she mentions that uh the other night she found one of his joints and smoked it before bed after like three bottles of wine and she says i got crazy horny and i don't know how you couldn't be cheating on me basically the next day they're hosting the bonham family reunion but there's a lot of non-family people here i hope (laughs) well
0: there is about a thousand people here so Mm -hmm. this is a huge family granted it does say like the 52nd so i mean we got a lot of branches of family happening that's true
2: uh buck notices a girl giving jamie a quick kiss while helping him down from his new horse viv says that's lily garland's daughter buck hasn't seen her in a while and he's clearly already in love Uh, as one of the bands playing the party takes a break they invite buck on stage who also invites jamie on stage jamie starts a little slow and buck is singing along with him at just kind of a slower pace but he screws up a little bit and buck kind of makes a crack about it and then he gets embarrassed mid-song and jamie just walks off stage crazy for feeling buck doesn't notice but lily takes over and then when he hears her playing guitar he's like oh shit my son got really good oh no he's he's gone he's not here uh, and so he leaves to follow Jamie out, which is nice that he didn't just finish the song, at least. Mm-hmm. This is uh, our
0: second movie of the year where somebody forcibly puts somebody else on stage to, to sing their first uh, public uh, appearance. There you
2: go. He pauses for a moment, though, on his way out when he hears Lily taking over the vocals as well because he seems impressed by it outside buck has a heart-to-heart with jamie before the two jump in a river together laughing and everyone else in this scene is just naked kids yeah
1: i was like why is the framing so focused on the naked kids and not the father and son
2: yeah um it's 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 odd uh, that they were like well if we don't shoot it really wide you're not going to see the 12 naked boys over there (laughs) we get a montage of party scenes starting with a bunch of kids chasing and torturing an armadillo so that's fun a flirtatious cowboy finishes a dance with a woman and then returns to his offended girlfriend moments later he leaves her again to go make out with a different girl in the woods the offended girlfriend heads to the bar to find her boyfriend and the drunk bartender says that he doesn't know where he went and another guy says oh i think he went out towards the trailers and she says oh i guess i'll go look for him and he said yeah maybe i'll join you
0: and this, this other guy is a band member
2: right so was her boyfriend though oh yes they're both on oh, the bus oh right
0: right right you're right they both are
2: the bartender just drunkenly collapses behind the bar the second band member and the angry girlfriend have sex in the tour bus and then we see viv on stage for a <laughs> bit singing a duet with they Bach. weren't
0: alone though they they were being watched by i think some of the earlier right, naked boys oh yeah. yeah there was just no kids longer naked, that snuck but. in
2: <laughs> um we maybe who knows no they're wearing clothes we see Viv on stage for a bit, singing a duet with Buck. Uh, it seems like it's really Diane can singing, and they sound genuinely great together. Uh, the angry girlfriend and the the darker-haired member of the band return from their indiscretions to the crowd as they close the show with an ensemble performance of amazing grace they're basically just inviting everybody on stage to sing it together buck and viv drive home with a hand out the window to walk their horse home which i guess is a thing
0: yeah i I don't
1: see
2: why someone couldn't just ride the horse yeah
0: one of the two of them could drive the car and one of them drives the horse (laughs) is that what you say yeah drive the horse
1: (laughs) you don't put the car before the horse
2: No, you put the car beside the horse. (laughs) That's what it is. That night, Buck is more straightforward and answers the question by saying, no, I don't sleep with other women on the road. Maybe a long time ago I used to, but not anymore. And she's very relieved because it took a lot of courage to even ask him that. He tries again to invite her on the road, but she's not going to have this argument with him again. She doesn't want to sleep on a bus with 14 other people. And uh, presumably she would either leave her son behind or pull him out of school to do that if she was going to go on the road
0: i don't know i think that they should just get another vehicle and go then you don't have to sleep with 14 other people you guys can have your own little you know motorhome and the kid would be happy to be with his dad more than just a few days a year yeah
2: but for some reason that's not on the table the next day viv and buck's manager are trying to lock down a guest singer for buck's next tour because garland has obviously dropped out of it after the first three weeks they have a lead on an up-and-comer named cotton roberts so hold on yeah
0: I, is garland like you're saying like he's a singer in it like in and of his own thing yes okay that makes more sense because i thought he was just like it's your lead guitarist i'm like why is it such a well he is idea? the lead
2: guitarist of this band but he's also a singer and he sang with them on the first song that they did in that little honky talk.
0: well yeah i mean i know that he can sing but i'm just saying like like he has a solo career, right? As he has a well. fan base he's all his got own. his own people because otherwise, it, like some of this movie doesn't make sense to me as to why he's got such a big turnout for a celebration for him,
2: right? So to fill the gap, they found a kid named Cotton Roberts, but he's not available for their first three weeks. They have this gap that they need to fill, and Viv stupidly suggests Garland's daughter Lily. The manager loves the idea because in country music, people love it when the performers are replaced by relatives. That's good show business. Uh, but she immediately retracts the idea, not because Buck was drooling all over her yesterday.
0: You think that's why the manager liked it? I figured the manager liked it cuz you know, you put a hot chick on stage and I don't think like he that. has
2: any idea who she is. I think he was just like, "That's great show business." Like th- there's other musicians that where their their children have stepped up to perform and oh. people are like, "Oh, that's so great. It's the kid of the person who just retired. I I I didn't take it that way. But Viv immediately retracts the idea, not because Buck was drooling all over her yesterday, but because Garland retired to be with his family, so they shouldn't be stealing her away so soon. But then Buck says that's exactly why they should use her, because this gap is Garland's fault, and it's only three weeks anyway, so we might as well reach out to her. Uh, he goes to get Garland's permission, and he argues, You know, if she were a boy, you'd let her out. But Garland is old fashioned, so this argument is irrelevant because she's not a boy, she's a girl. And he's like, Yeah. Of course I would, but I'm not gonna put my daughter on a bus with all these creepy guys that we know. And he says, Well, she's not a little girl anymore. And he says Yeah, that's what I mean. She's I know she's not a little girl. That's why I don't want her on a bus with all of our bandmates. Garland heads to her place and she gets him some coffee while her shirtless boyfriend is stepping out. He's clearly uncomfortable about what he's walked in on but she replies
0: daddy i'm 22 now I'm grown up and hair it over
2: which is a weird way to describe your sexual <laughs> maturity with your father uh he asks if she'd want to go on tour and she's obviously ecstatic at the invitation i think the fact that the boyfriend was there was a little bit pushing him in the direction of like she's an adult like she has her own life that i'm not privy to and if she mm-hmm. wants to do this then she can do it that night buck announces that He wants to dedicate their annual Labor Day concert to Garland. Uh, Viv cries because she doesn't want him to go again so soon, but his bus leaves at 10 a.m. in the morning. He tells her he plans on taking some time off this year, and she says,
0: Just do me a favor, okay? Don't mention anything to Jamie about taking time off. Why not? Because he'll believe it.
2: Leaving on the bus, Buck invites Viv to bring Jamie to surprise him at any show that she wants to along the tour. A terrible idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me when.
2: Or where. <laughs> and I won't even be thinking about the fact that I invited you. <laughs> he promises a second time to take a break after Labor Day, and they're on the road again. The band <laughs> the band like is, the song. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, it should have been the title. The band is dismissive and sexist to Lily. They make her collect drinks for them, and they poke fun at her college education. So as revenge, she takes a security camera on the bus and aims it at the the worst guy's cards so that while they're playing poker everyone can read his hand on the television in the bus over his shoulder
1: uh, uh, the guy who plays sid charles levin
2: yes the manager
1: uh, yeah uh my note is that he looks like a cross between adam driver and andy sandberg <laughs> that's
2: what I said. the rest of the guys think that it was hilarious that she did this it never really pays off because the flirty guy from the family reunion finds his wife's bra in the bus and asks who slept with his wife he asks multiple times
1: (laughs) and kudos for him for knowing his particularly his his own wife's
2: bras he probably bought it (laughs) is it his wife well not wife sorry i keep saying that because i thought they were married at first but it's a girlfriend i realized on the second viewing a couple people fess up to it which shows which somehow diffuses the fight like when one guy says like, "Oh, it was me," and other people are like, "I did it too," and other people are like, "I did it too," so it's like a I'm Spartacus thing yeah. where no, now nobody's in trouble for it, but we never get a payoff of the guy's cards being on the TV. The, so. the
1: guy, the guy's playing against that guy, got the payoff.
2: Yeah, Lily moves to sit with Buck and asks if he feels guilty about leaving his family behind, and Buck thinks that she's being critical of him because he asks if she was angry when her father went on the road and she says that she was only half mad because obviously she would rather have him home but she also wanted to be garland's daughter like he's a celebrity he's well known in the in the music world and uh, that was cool we get a montage of the road mixed in with their first show as he performs whiskey river to a packed house this is a much bigger venue than the tiny bar that we started with and we get a, a better feel for exactly how big this group is which it feels like The rest of their lives don't match the level of celebrity that they are
0: this is what i'm saying they could totally afford the second bus or a second you know motorhome at least for sure
2: buck borrows a hat from his manager to wear on stage because he likes it and then halfway through a song he just tosses it into the audience and a different hat is thrown back which he then gives back to the manager so on the tour bus later his manager is trying to do exercises from a taped exercise routine wearing the new hat and he stops to take a break while a large sandwich is delivered to him (laughs) they pull up to a hotel on the bus at another concert buck gestures for Lou harris to join him on stage and the crowd goes wild who's this did she replace cotton has it been three <laughs> weeks already i thought lily would have done some singing by now someone else in the band has talked rooster into putting weird leather straps on his head and then tying them to his belt to help with his golf swing
1: we're just gonna pass over Lou harris
2: she sings a song
1: that's okay <laughs> Well, you're saying who is this and she's she's, she's a known person but
2: i'm i don't mean in the real <laughs> world i mean who is in she the to the of the movie because the whole point was they needed someone to fill garland's gap and it's mm-hmm. like isn't she a huge celebrity or is she not is she the person they've been waiting three weeks for did cotton fall through
1: i think it was just that she was there they, i guess they, they talked her into coming
2: maybe it just seemed like like lily was going to be like front and center for these first three weeks and mm. she hasn't done anything like she's just playing guitar in the shadows and then someone lily, else got invited on stage you to work it. up
1: to it like she's she's got to earn her stripes
2: i guess someone else in the band has talked rooster into putting weird leather straps on his head and tying them to his belt to help with his golf swing i guess i don't He's trying it,
0: to keep his head down when he swings
2: yeah it just reminded me of like the log puller from lady and the tramp <laughs> he just looks like an idiot wearing it later he injures himself with the golf swing contraption and buck and manager sid come to check on him but he says he's okie dokie earlier that night i should mention flirting with a girl the manager gives the shitty hat that he got (laughs) uh replaced to a girl to show how much he likes her he's like oh well i like you so much that i'm going to give you this this is my favorite hat i've had it all tour looking for somebody to hang out with buck goes knocking on doors And he knocks on what he thought was Jonas's door because he heard a guitar inside. But this is Lily's room, and she invites him in. They head out to an early breakfast, like super early. It's like 4 a.m. or something like that. She admits that Buck has sung her to sleep on records every night since she was nine, which is already, like, creepy. Mm -hmm. They walk together back to the hotel. They smoke some weed, and then they sex it up. Yeah, they they have sex in the hotel room. At the next show, Buck can't stop i-fucking Lily on stage, and it's creeping everybody out. They're all like, we know this girl's dad. (laughs) The audience is weirded out, but also the girl on the piano is like. No, I
0: meant us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting on the couch feeling really uncomfortable. (laughs) But the
2: girl on the piano looks like she's about to throw up the whole time. She's just like, what are you doing? That's your best friend's kid, you weirdo. Back at home, Jamie is helping Viv do stomach crunches when uh, she gets a call about cotton being available to join the tour soon so she goes to coordinate that buck and lily go on a few dates they dump ice cream on a skating rink they harass a retail employee and they dip their feet in water fountains like passing hobos <laughs> manager says cotton's ready to join soon and buck says what do we need him for lily's doing great and it's like what what is she doing at all she's just in the background she's not i thought you needed like an up and coming star And uh, she's not doing anything. Apparently part of the deal was that Cotton actually quit his own band to join the tour. And he'll probably sue them if they cut him out at this point. Because of the deal that Viv locked him in for. Sid reminds him to call Viv every once in a while because she hasn't heard from him in a couple weeks. Probably because he's been dating his friend's kid. Finally, Lily joins him in a duet for Till I Gain Control Again. And the next day, Buck is introduced to Cotton's manager, Bragg Statler. It's a cool name the manager is pitching a bunch of shitty merch for them to sell on the tour
1: including and, confederate flags yeah, tiny
2: confederate flags that even
1: willie nelson seems like this isn't nope. okay yeah.
0: they, one of their audiences earlier though had a big old confederate flag in it like waving that one around with you know we love buck you know signs are and, you sure it
2: wasn't a texas flag because there's a texas flag behind the stage
0: uh no there was one in the audience i thought it was yeah. confederate flag but maybe, maybe my mind's m- misremembering like south does, do they, does the texas flag have a big x on it
2: no it's a star and r- oh no this, this and... was a big x on it oh okay so, yeah i did not catch that it's funny too because willie nelson played the like patriarch of the duke family in the dukes of hazard movie which is like one of the most famous celebrations of mm-hmm. of the confederate flag though in that version of the movie it's like they bought the car at like a a sale or something like that yeah and when it came with the confederate flag on the roof and they didn't know about it until they got in traffic one day Everyone's like, oh a... shit <laughs> so they're like trying to scrape it off while they're driving it <laughs> what <laughs> it's just
1: flashing to the simpsons we need to vote to get the confederate flag out of our state flag this is especially embarrassing since we are a northern state <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's still pitching these flags when cotton shows up and he's decked out in this crazy rhinestone suit and he has like a blonde perm and a flowing mustache and a big green cowboy hat.
1: And, and this is one of two fake outs that happened to me with, with looking at the cast. Because I just stopped reading after Mickey Rooney. Yeah. And saw this black and white photo on IMDb. Like the thumbnail photo. I was like, yeah. oh wow, Mickey Rooney. And then when he walks in, they're not showing him from, yeah. they're only showing him from the waist down.
2: Yeah, that, needlessly because then they pan up. I mean, I guess the punchline is how silly he looks. But. Yeah.
1: But, it, but it's like, so wait. Is it really Mickey Rooney? Or like Mickey Rooney would be shorter anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This and, camera and would older. be pointed
2: right at his face. Maybe the cameraman thought it was Mickey Rooney too. That's why we're only seeing his torso. <laughs> we're setting up He's the shot. It's to be right here, right?
1: And then when I looked at the, I looked at the casting, it's like, oh, Mickey Rooney Jr. Yeah. All right. The other one was I was looking through the cast, I saw Robert Shaw
2: oh yeah robert shaw's in but this it was movie? like a producer or something
1: <laughs> yeah he was like he's another actor with like maybe like seven or eight credits
2: oh okay there he, there was a robert shaw in the cast
1: yeah and i was like oh different robert it's shaw not
2: robert shaw buck goes to check with lily she says i understand my replacement has arrived buck tells cotton to head out and get the crowd started at their next show and then when buck joins him on stage everyone else is wearing yellow coats the one that the poor retail worker that they harassed at the mall was trying to sell him earlier.
0: I think that retail worker would have yeah. thought that was well worth no, it. He just it, sold it a dozen coats. <laughs> I
2: just I was just mad at how their whole date was like them screwing people over. And again, we're wasting ice cream. Like did well, the producers of this film a 22 hate 22 ice cream?
0: Old kid. Like that's what they do for fun.
2: Yeah, I guess.
0: But also
1: What are they millennials? W- what was What was the statement of wearing these yellow coats. I
0: asked you that when we were watching the movie. I'm like, I don't get the joke.
2: I thought the joke was that he wouldn't have stood out as much in his dumb rhinestone suit if everyone else was wearing a bunch of random different things, but because they seem to have a uniform and he was the one wearing this giant green sparkling suit that he just looked like an idiot next to everybody else i
0: think he'd look like an idiot either way but i guess it's a little bit more of an idiot with yeah with the other people wearing jackets
2: but backstage he's very upset about it and he's yelling in buck's face and then he turns to lily and basically calls her a whore he says that she wouldn't be on stage if she wasn't sleeping with him which isn't true because she was on stage before she was sleeping with him so clearly that wasn't the only way to get on stage willie very nearly punches cotton but the force of the pulled punch is still enough to drive cotton into a full seizure (laughs) Uh, he's just like shaking his head back and forth as he's falling this is the
0: weirdest fight well i guess it's not a fight it's just a punch but it's just his reaction is is so bizarre
1: it's like i've never hit anybody before i'm kind of freaked out
2: (laughs) uh lily's not embarrassed at all about being called out for having sex with buck on the spot And she's just like, oh, well, I'm really glad that you took care of that. Like, just, that's the end of the scene. Like, she would be crying and upset that he had said these things in front of everybody.
1: And it's not the end of the scene, because they just start making out right right away. (sighs) Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing?
2: But then we cut back at home where Viv is handling the entire stage construction and event planning for the Labor Day show. Because she's just like a boss, and she handles her shit uh that night when she's putting jamie to bed she hears uh that her son is listening to buck and lily through his radio and uh she's like oh i didn't know they were they were going to be um on the radio tonight or something like that and then she's like all right now give me uh what what is his name like hard hard hat or something like yeah.
1: that Jamie, come on give me hard hat
2: the the turtle because she knows that her son is trying to sneak the turtle in bed um, so that that's, he can sleep with the turtle all night
1: that's kind of gross though
2: It it also terrifies me because turtles, like, I always get worried when people have turtles as pets and they're like, oh, I don't know. It's around here somewhere. And it's like, you're going to kill that turtle. Like, all you have to do is step on it and then it's dead. It's not like a dog or a cat where you step on a paw and they freak out and run away. You just step on a turtle's head and it's gone. That's it. In all all
1: fairness, if you step on a dog's head, it's probably gone.
2: Yeah, but people don't step on dog heads by accident. (laughs) Only on purpose for me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh richard's laughing so hard because he knows it's true that's, oh, your, like, that's where pastime all the scars of, like, came from <laughs> on <laughs> poor like dog head stepping <laughs> hey patrick you want to go out tonight i'll be stepping on some dog heads
2: <laughs> dog heads dog heads roly pony oh, dog i don't know
1: heads. why
2: that <laughs> <laughs> hit me just right yeah bragg statler calls viv and complains about what happened between him and cotton and further what's going on between him and lily uh, she leaves jamie at home in bed and gets in a taxi to go to the show
1: I, i'm assuming she left him with someone but yeah she just the
2: fireflies the fireflies i she, like here head. turtle watch my son uh she the walks horse. the <laughs> horse is in charge yeah she walks in from behind the stage and sneaks up on the show buck and lily are singing another duet sharing a mic with their mouths nearly touching or maybe touching yeah they're just touching uh, at the so end of the gross. song
0: why would you sing that close to the mic? i think
2: just... it's worse <sighs> now because we're on quarantine but <laughs> even uh, even at the time it was gross i
0: don't know that whole relationship would have creeped me out quarantine or not
2: <laughs> yeah uh then they kiss at the end of the song which like the audience knows who you are and that you're married you're married yeah uh but uh, they kiss and then viv just walks up on stage and breaks it up and takes the microphone and says hey this is the daughter of our really good friend garland and she's also the guitar teacher of our 10-year-old son, Jamie. We've known her since she was a little girl in pigtails.
0: Oh, I see she's got her pigtails on tonight. Isn't that cute?
2: But then she ends the uh, the speech with, And tonight, I'd like to announce our divorce. And then she walks off stage. That night, Lily admits how embarrassed she is by all this, finally. Buck is surprised because he's not embarrassed at all. And he plans to take some time alone to recuperate. On the bus, he jokes that, they probably won't be welcome at garland's concert and they all say fuck off we're going anyway you're a jerk uh later lily even admits how shitty all this is and they really shouldn't be together but uh, everyone but buck goes back to the show to to celebrate garland for labor day buck goes to a shack in mexico because he's a selfish asshole he briefly considers being a human being and apologizing to his wife but instead he just hangs up on her at three o'clock in the morning lily apologizes to her father and he appreciates that she had the guts to come home at all and uh, he can't stay mad at her for more than a minute and quickly accepts the apology and then garland of all people is the one who has to go get a cab and some tequila and head to san Victoria jimenez and collect buck because he's a jerk but on the way he gets really drunk and when he gets there he just pulls a gun on buck to force him to have this conversation with him buck thinks that he's bluffing until he starts firing the gun so and i guess
0: this is back in the days when you could just take a gun into mexico like just sure. did he fly there did he drive there i'm pretty I,
1: sure you can still just just take a gun into mexico but
0: it's getting the gun back out that's the problem. yeah yeah or maybe well, I, I don't it down need it there. back
2: here but yeah uh buck calls his bluff until he starts firing the gun garland chases buck through the tour bus and fires a few shots while he's inside it Uh, They wrestle for a moment over the gun in the sand, which goes off, but it's a fake out here because we think that Garland's accidentally shot Buck, and it turns out he only tore a hole in his shirt with the bullet. Garland talks to Buck, and he says, look, I'm going to take you back to the show, and uh, they put the bus on a ferry to get it back to town. Lily meets with Viv at her home and apologizes for what happened. And it seems like Viv kind of accepts the apology because she knows that it was Buck's Fault that it happened in the first place. Buck and Garland take turns drunk driving to get back to Texas, but Buck is actually trying to avoid Texas, so they take a full speed U turn. Buck says he'll find new folks to sing all those old songs to, and Garland says, It sure is a shame you can't write some new songs to sing to them old folks. The Labor Day concert is underway without the man that it's dedicated to because he was the only one with big enough balls to collect Buck. He and Garland have stopped at a diner and take a seat near two cops, still blind drunk, and the cop turns to them and says,
1: I hope neither of you is
2: driving. And then they both point at each other and say, He he is. is. Suddenly, a cop is driving the bus with the other cop as an escort, and the boys are just drinking in the back of it. I feel
0: like this needed at least one more beat or two. Yeah. Like, one one or two more to like lead us a little bit more on the fake out or at least some sort of reveal to be like they were huge fans.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. he should have just been like, uh, hey, you ever heard On the Road Again? And then they're like, yeah, I love that song. And then just cut to them driving the the bus or something like that. I
1: think it would have been a funnier reveal too to see the bus with the police car chasing it and then have the camera come around to see that there's also a police car in front. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, okay. So you
2: think they just booked it? <laughs> yeah. That that would be great.
1: Yeah, that that would be something fun.
2: Oh my gosh, that would have been a moment. At the concert, Viv is brought on stage and mentions that Garland is not around and that Buck won't be either. It seems like she's it's a the concert is for people there, but it's also being aired live on it's being mm-hmm. broadcast on the radio. She tries to offer a refund to the concert goers but another band member interrupts her on their behalf to say, no, 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 they just want to hear you sing and they don't care about Garland or Buck or any of these famous country singers. Uh, she gets through the first verse of there must be two sides to every story before Buck and Garland arrive and Buck surprises her by being on stage playing guitar for the song. The radio audience is missing out on this surprise though.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, she doesn't seem very amused by it either and but then over the course of several songs she just wordlessly forgives buck and takes him back and they're kissing and happy at the end
0: well i think what the implication was is that what he is singing is a new song that he wrote for her and it was sort of an apology
2: so he wrote it like while drunk driving back i believe Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: i think that's what the implication here is and the
2: whole band was like i know this one goes
1: (laughs) he's sung it before
2: interesting anyway that's the end of the movie uh this relationship will not last <laughs> the buck and viv situation it's it's doomed our director here was jerry schatzberg he directed panic and needle park and scarecrow one of the writers carol sobieski wrote annie the toy and fried green tomatoes those, the, are, some
1: big, those are some big ones
2: yeah another writer uh william d whitliffe wrote lonesome dove legends of the fall and the perfect storm three more big ones And the third writer, John Binder, wrote Euphoria in 1985. It's like it combines UFO and Mm -hmm. and Euphoria. Euphoria. I got it. uh, Willie Nelson was Buck Bonham. He's also in The Electric Horseman and Songwriter, which are with Sidney Pollack. He produced Songwriter, executive produced this, and directed Electric Horseman, I think. Willie Nelson also played a historian smoker in Half-Baked, so he was in Half-Baked with Someone from our last movie, uh, Tommy Chong. He also plays Uncle Duke in The Dukes of Hazzard. Diane Cannon plays Viv Bonham here. She was Alice in Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. She was Myra Brule in Death Trap, and she's Julia Farnsworth in Heaven Can Wait, one of the Heaven Can Waits. Amy Irving was Lily Ramsey. She played Sue Snell in Carrie before this, and she'll be back later this year as Heidi Jones Schoonover in The Competition. Slim Pickens was Garland Ramsey, favorite as Doctor Strange Love. Mm-hmm. We've covered him in Tom Horn and Ballad of Cable Hogue earlier this year.
0: And that's where my brain short circuited, and I'm like, how do you get so fat between Cable Hogue and this movie? And, and then Patrick like, oh, reminded me that years. that was ten years ago, <laughs> yeah. even though we reviewed it this year.
2: <laughs> uh Mickey Rooney Jr. played Cotton Roberts. Obviously he's Mickey Rooney's kid, and he shows up again in the songwriter, the third of the Willie Nelson Sydney Pollock collaborations. Lane Smith was Bragg Cotton's manager. He's Walter Warner in *Son in Law*. He's the dad mm-hmm. in *Son in Law*. He's the prosecuting attorney in *My Cousin Vinny*. He plays Mayor Bates in *Red Dawn*. But I always think of him as Perry White in yeah. *The Adventures of Lois and Clark*.
1: Yeah, that's immediately where I went to.
2: Yeah, Pepe Serna was Rooster. Uh, he plays Scruffy in *Silverado*. He plays Angel in *Scarface*. He plays Reno, Nevada in Buckaroo Bonsai. And then lastly, Priscilla Poynter played Rosella Ramsey. Uh, she's the actual mother of Amy Irving, in addition to playing her mother in this film. She plays her mother a few times, uh, including in Carrie and the competition later this year. And she, Priscilla Poynter was also Dr. Elizabeth Sims in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I think taking out the kid dying was a mistake because something else should have happened it shouldn't have just been a one time i cheated on my wife as a country singer and that's the whole movie well
0: we were a good two-thirds of the way through the movie before any anything happened which i would consider like an inciting incident of any sort you know all this movie was relying on was the good music yeah which was which, and was, the music was great the music was great but it's it's a thin thing to ride three quarter or two-thirds of your movie on yeah you know and and then you just have a little bit of story at the end
2: yeah i, I think it, it needed more actual drama
0: well and i think that it you know it would have represented like what he had been missing out on in 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 terms of not being with his family it's like look you had a chance to be with your son and you weren't when he was here and now he's gone
2: I also think that they don't do a very good job of making me care about Buck because he just does mean things and he doesn't he doesn't seem to feel bad about them. And I don't know if that's just necessarily like maybe Willie Nelson's range like they specifically didn't write any big scenes for him to like you know display any emotion but the entire movie he's in the same mode whether he's doing something terrible apologizing to his wife or just having a good time with people he's just making jokes and being a cool guy and not taking anything seriously the entire time so you never like he doesn't even pretend to be drunk when he's at that shack in mexico like he does he doesn't there's no acting yeah from him and i feel like either he's an actor and he deserves to be the main character of this movie or he's not and he should be a background character and you make slim Pickens, the main character of this movie yeah i felt like he had so much more to do in this movie and he's only in like a third of it yeah and actually i i feel like this is the first movie where i i felt slim Pickens like dramatic chops because everything i've seen him in before this he's like comic relief basically Mm -hmm. but here you get a, a lot more like character building from him than you do for willie nelson i don't know anything about buck bonham in this movie i know I know like physical like he's a country singer and he goes on the road and cheats on his wife but i don't know any of his likes and dislikes i don't know what his dreams are for the future i don't know know. how he became famous yeah and i know nothing about this character
1: and why why some other person would quit their band just to be a second banana in his band yeah yeah like what is his big draw is he is he like some johnny cash like big big name in this fictional universe
2: they they don't they don't establish it very well for us to understand like what level they're performing on because at the beginning they make it sound like they're struggling to get by and they haven't made it big yet. we see
0: them in a small bar with a small audience and they're driving a crappy looking bus
2: yeah but then the second show that they have looks like what i imagine an actual willie nelson show goes looks like where there's you know ten thousand people in the audience so it's just it's uh it's weird i feel like there's there's definite flaws and as a result i I don't care about the characters i'm supposed to and i and i I don't think amy irving did a bad enough job to warrant a razzie no like not even just a nomination but the win that's weird yeah but she also has almost nothing to do in this movie like the only real scene that she has where she gets to do anything is with her father when she's asking for the apology
0: yeah, and I think that they could have actually made more of the scene where she went back to Viv to talk about the apology. Like that scene ended really abruptly, and I That's was like, true. There should be more. There should you guys should have a connection moment, or you should
2: have a conversation. Maybe have an, a,
0: an explanation instead of saying, "I came to apologize," or "I I, I should apologize," actually apologize. Don't just yeah. say you should apologize.
2: Yeah, she's like, "I I just came to say I'm sorry," and she's like, "Thank you." And then she leaves, yeah. and that's the end of it. And also, why is the kid there watching this conversation between the yeah. two? I mean, they obviously don't care about this kid because they just go just chase like, fireflies, go
1: yeah. go clean up this ice cream while we have go sex. jump off a
2: cliff so I can fuck your mom. Sorry, ice cream hair, clean up this mess. But yeah, I don't think there's a lot more to say about this one. Jess, up or down?
0: Uh, I'm I'm gonna give it a down. I don't I don't know that anybody should waste their time unless they're a huge Willie Nelson fan.
2: I'm I'm also saying down. I loved the music and but it's a concert film i if you if you want to cut out all the the relationship with amy irving then just make a concert film and have it be that yeah but
0: just listen to the album yeah. there's this there's no point to this movie yeah
2: the movie is not necessary
1: uh i agree uh it's a down for me as well
2: yeah where's this going on your list richard
1: um this is pretty low um i'm actually putting this below hollywood nights which is above how to beat the high cost of living okay that puts it up, uh, I think, 57.
0: Yeah, I'm going to put it pretty low. I'm going to put it below The Children and above Happy Hooker Goes Hollywood.
2: Okay. It's pretty low on mine, too. I'm putting it right under Rhodey, but above Fatso, which is actually 67th for me of 83 so far this year. So not great. I think that's about everything for this one. If you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Or as I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at VintageVideoPodcast.com. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show. And if you take the time to leave us a review, we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous, you can also support the show through Patreon.com vintagevideopodcast Vintage Video Podcast. And on that note, I'd like to say a special thanks to A. McGuire, for your itunes review we appreciate it thank you so much for listening and i hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing the little dragons which imdb describes like so a grandfather takes his two young grandsons on a camping trip for their karate tournament and become involved in a kidnapping by a poor country family that lives in the woods we leave you now with the tra- there's not gonna be a trailer for this we leave you now with on the road again again.